Hey there, before we get started, please be advised and be aware that this series, Scars and Ashes, is for mature audiences only. It contains conversation about sexual violence, and that can be triggering for some. So if you're down to continue listening, thank you. But if this is too much and you cannot listen, that's totally fine. We invite you instead to pray for people impacted by sexual violence and also pray for our society as a whole. God bless. Welcome to Let's Talk Church, the podcast featuring conversations and information for the church curious and convinced. I am your host, Sonia, and today we're continuing our series, Scars and Ashes. This is episode four. Let's Talk Church. In last week's episode, we found out what the brothers did. They took their vengeance against the town of Shechem. It was unbelievably scarring. Families were destroyed and their former lives were nothing more than heaps of ash. The brothers took their vengeance, but look at what it cost. Men died. Families were broken. Women were left without their husbands. Children were left without their fathers. Sisters were left out their brothers. I mean, this whole series of events led to brokenness. Lives as they knew it were destroyed. It was heavy. And it was a lot to think about. There are so many consequences to the actions that we take. And it gives us a reminder to not let our rage or our anger or our emotions rule the day. But to take a minute Take a pause, take a beat, and really count the cost of the actions that we engage in. This week in the final episode of the series, Scars and Ashes, we're blessed to speak with Kiara Ruth. We talk about what happened with Dinah, but also we talk about what happened to her personally. Kiara shares her story. This is a story that you do not want to miss. She offers such insight. So please... Do yourself a favor and grab a pen and some paper. Or if you're tech savvy, go ahead and open up that notes app on your phone. The information she gives can help you or someone that you know. Are you looking for handmade skincare products? Well, if you are, then may I suggest that you try Herbal Glow plant-based skincare? I personally use the lemon and carrot body butter and I adore it. A little goes a long way and I'm all about getting the most bang for my buck. So if you're interested in Herbal Glow as featured in BuzzFeed, 
You can check them out at herbalglowus.com. Herbal Glow, you are a noteworthy mention. Well, Kiara, uh, thank you for agreeing to be with us today as we wind up our series, Scars and Ashes. It's been quite a ride <laughs> with this particular series, um, but I'm glad that you're here with us today. Um, just for the audience's sake, um, I want to just let them know I know you from studying the Word of God together. Um, we were in Bible study fellowship as leaders together, and I know you to be a very, very warm and welcoming spirit. I'm still uh, a little bit amazed at how you just swing your doors open and allow anyone to come in and commune with you and your family. I just find that to be a rare quality and a good quality um, to have, and and particularly in this day and age. Um, But for those um, who are meeting you for the very first time or hearing your voice for the very first time, what can you tell us about yourself and your brand, The Banana Moon? So, Sonia, thank you so much for having me on uh, your podcast. I am so grateful to be here. Um, And just a little bit about me. As she stated, my name is Kia Ruth. Um, I am originally from Little Rock, Arkansas. Um, But about nine years ago, I moved to Raleigh. um, And I've been here ever since. Um, I I have a seven-year-old. His name is Miles. um, And my husband's name is Terrence. Um, And my blog, The Banana Moon, is a lifestyle blog. And so I um, float between motherhood, relationships, food, style, um, pretty much anything you can think about, I talk about. Um, And how the banana moon was birthed was at the time, my now seven-year-old was three. And when we would be outside at night, he would go, mommy, um, the banana's out, the banana's out. (laughs) And I would say, that thing is not a banana. It's not a banana, you know? And I was like, it's the crescent moon, you know, just trying to be so formal and like teach him all these things. But what I realized that in that I was stopping him from, from dreaming. And so uh, the banana became the moon and the moon became the banana. Um, And that's essentially where um, I got the name. And I always uh, tell people that um, Miles gave the blog the name um, and I was tasked to bring it to life. So. Oh, that is wonderful. Mm -hmm. I will never look at the moon the same way. (laughs) And that's what it does. It just makes you, it just has your imagination just go wild. And that's what I love about it. You know, I never heard um, either of this thing called Momference, but you're speaking at it. So what can you tell us um, about Momference? Okay, so if you are a mom and you are listening to this, you need to attend the Momference next year. You still have time to attend it. I don't know when this podcast will go live, but you still next year, you have to go. So essentially what it is, is some moms from the DMV um, named Simona and Nikki started out very small where they would meet with moms um, in the DMV and just have like picnics and things like that. And then they started like this huge conference. Um, This year, Tia Marie is the keynote speaker. Um, And I am a part of the um, Reclaiming My Mind session. Mm-hmm. So on my blog, um, on my blog, as well as on my Instagram, the at the, the dot banana moon, um, I often talk about therapy 
and like what it means to like walk through trauma, uh, what it means like in my marriage, in my motherhood, just in my life in general. And somebody saw it. And, you know, oftentimes I used to wonder like, oh, you know, I don't know if what I'm doing is what I'm supposed to be doing. But um, I attended the conference the first year as a vendor speaker, second year as a virtual attendee. And then this year I'm a speaker in that claim in my mind session. Oh, that's exciting. So how can we partner with you in prayer for that event? You know, just that um, my therapist actually gives me tips but that when I walk, when I sit down, because it's going to be virtual, that I relax my shoulders um, and that, you know, I speak with confidence and that I share about things that are passionate to me and then things that I know about. Because it's so easy for us to, like, talk about things that we really don't know anything about, um, but that I only share my story because that's why they invited me on. So just just that, just confidence and um that I share my story and I'm courageous and I relax. And so, yeah. Well, I'll certainly do that. What is the date? So it's actually um, June 12th. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the whole entire weekend. So from Friday to Sunday, okay, uh, I'll be attending the meeting. Okay. Okay. Well, we can be praying and, um, and this podcast will be live by then. So <laughs> join us in prayer whenever you hear this. I'm glad it's at the top of the uh, top of the um, the time that we're spending together. So, you know, speaking of spending time together, we spend a lot of time together in the word. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this year we did the study of Genesis and Genesis 34 was just one of those chapters that just resonated with me and just stuck with me. And as you see, the result is this whole podcast series. Mm -hmm. Um, What were your first thoughts on Genesis 34? You know, it's so interesting because when I first read it, I was like, whoa, you know, (laughs) it it was like shocking. Like that really happened. You know, uh, for me, that was my first time ever studying uh, Genesis. Um, and so when I first read that, it was such a shocker. But then also, too, it put a lot of like all the things that I had been through in perspective. Like, you know, when they say nothing new, there's nothing new that has ever happened that hasn't already happened. I had that moment like, wow. But then also, too, like, wow. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's just like a, shock but then it's just like this is still going on this is still a problem yep. yeah it's still an issue still 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 an issue so for the men in the story um and in the passage did anything stand out to you regarding jacob hamar shechem or even dinah's brothers so first things first is like so i felt like what dinah's brothers did i was like okay you know like in the beginning, you know, and it really just, I had to take a step back, right? Because I'm thinking, well, if these were my brothers, they would have did the same thing, you know, like they would have wanted to protect me. They would have, you know, tried to go above and beyond to make sure whatever happens was supposed to happen. Um, And then I kind of felt like with, um, with Jacob, I was a little upset because I felt like he didn't really advocate for her. Um, And I think that is something that 
you know, as a sexual abuse survivor, we don't have a lot of. And so I was kind of upset by that. But then the guy who actually committed the, I just was disgusted with him. I didn't even want to read his name anymore. I was like, okay. <laughs> like what you're still here and you have the audacity to go to her, like send your dad to talk to her. Like it was, it was crazy. It so. was a lot. Yeah, it was a lot. And, you know, I had a whole episode on Jacob's silence. Mm-hmm. I just, I mean, you know, I'm not going to rehash it at all, but I, I just, it still bothers me. It still bothers me. I, I know he had his reasons, but it still bothers me. And but we think about the history. We think about the history of sexual abuse or just anything. Pierre, how often do our family silence? They don't say anything. They want to sweep it underneath the rug. Um, nobody knows. Um, I can tell you how many times after I share my story, people were like, oh, I told my mom and or I told my dad. And they just were like, just, oh, he crazy. Or, oh, don't worry about it. And I think that happens more often than we think. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, yeah, you saying that really, like, I was like, same thing. Yeah, yeah. And and you're right. People do. They don't want to deal with things that are are uncomfortable for them or Mm -hmm. that may cause, you know, some ripples. And with Jacob being where he was away from um, you know, his, his extended family, you know, mm-hmm. I, I, maybe he felt some kind of way, but anyway, all of my thoughts are on the other episode around Jacob. And I mean, you know, I, you, you kind of feel not bad for Hamar, but you just kind of like, he's, he's stuck in a situation. It's his son that committed the crime. Right. Mm-hmm. But yeah. then he also has another scheme that he's got cooking. It's like, hey, well, if we intermarry, then we'll we'll ultimately take them over. So mm-hmm. it's like, I, yeah. I don't know. The whole cast of characters there, that whole story just troubled me and shook me up a little bit. Um, when I think about Dinah, you know, we're told what she was planning to do that day. She was <laughs> going to visit with the, you know, um, the ladies of the land and, so we know what she was planning to do. We were told what happened to her on that day. But mm-hmm. after the incident and after Genesis 34, she fades away in the script. Um, we're never told ultimately what happened to Dinah, whatever became of her. Were you as curious as I was as to, you know, what happened to her? Yes. Yeah, so, you know, it brought me back to a place of how often do one as women, then more specifically, you know, Black women, do our stories go untold? Um, And so I essentially was like, this is why I share my story, because I don't want anybody to try to diminish it or try to rewrite my narrative. I can only, you know, share my story. And so I did, you know, I wondered about her. I even um, asked my ladies um, in my group, you know, if you can write a letter to her, what would you say? Oh, wow. I bet you got some really good responses to that. So, yeah, I kind of was like, hey, we'd love for y'all to like write a letter, you know, like in talk to them. Like, what would you say to her? Um, because she, you, you, when we think about it, if we if we begin to think about it, it's what happened to her now had more than likely become a generational thing. 
you know, and so who else was affected after her because she didn't get a chance to share her story. And then that person, you know, and so it just became it becomes like a ripple effect. Um, and we see it often, too, in uh, sexual abuse situations. You know, most of the time somebody else has experienced it um, and somebody else didn't speak up or somebody else didn't advocate for somebody else. So it keeps happening. And so I wouldn't be surprised if that wasn't the like only place that it happened or yeah. if the the abuser if that was his first time you know what I mean yeah that is a good point I mean because you know he saw her he took her he raped her and it was just you know it was kind of one of those things that he you know it was like boom 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 it's like maybe he has done that before that's an interesting aspect I hadn't even thought about that Mm -hmm. see that's why it's good to talk about the word of God with people (laughs) (laughs) you can explore different avenues I mean we don't know we weren't told but it's interesting to think, you know, to, to ponder over. So I want to touch back on something that we talked about just a few minutes ago. We were talking about silence because victims of sexual assault can at times be silenced or feel compelled themselves to be silent. Like they don't want to rock the boat. Mm-hmm. So how can family members and friends then create a safe space for victims to verbalize their feelings and begin the process of working through what they ultimately went through? Yeah. So I share a little bit about this on my blog um, is, you know, I think a lot of times when people are walking through like a healing process, as far as like sexual trauma, there are so many ups and downs. And so I think the number one thing is to be understanding. Um, The second thing is if you are in a marriage or in a relationship with someone um, to be patient, Um, understand that there are triggers um, that this person has no control over. Um, There may be there may be colognes that you wear. There may be things that you say or how you twist the doorknob. Like it's little things like that, that you just kind of have to be patient with understanding. But then to allow a lot of times when someone comes to you about their sexual abuse, if they're saying, hey, I need to talk to you and they tell you their whole story. Maybe follow up with a question and say, and say like, would you like for me to listen or would you like for me to say something? Do you want a scripture? So you can kind of know where to go with the conversation because sometimes they may just need somebody to listen. Um, I think for me, I just wanted someone to listen, but I was um, one of the things that I walked through through my journey was I was suffering in silence. And so what that for me, it meant that, you know, instead of me talking about my trauma, I would like, go in my room and sleep all day. But nobody was asking me what was going on with me. They were just, they were just like, oh, Kira's always tired, you know? And so, you know, if you start to see things like that, say, hey, how are you today? How can I be praying for you if that person, you know, is a believer, et cetera, even if they aren't, you still say, how can I be praying for you? You know, but I think understanding being patient um, and then also to just understanding that um, every day is going to be different. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, so, yeah. Okay. So how did you begin your process and what's your story? Um, so I began my process very young, actually. Um, I knew that I was struggling. And so when I, when I was first abused, I was living with my aunt in Minnesota um, and I was abused by the daycare provider's son. Um, We went to an after school program there. um, And he also happened to be a part of the family, my aunt's children's family. Um, And, you know, I, I experienced my first 
my first known sexual abuse through him. Um, and I think when I got back home to Arkansas with my mom, because I was living with my aunt, I had shared it with one of um, my mom's daughters, my mom's friend's daughter. And I was very young and she just kind of blew it off. But I think that kind of like by her just listening, like it gave me the idea that I probably could tell someone else, but I didn't because she didn't give me that reassurance that everything was going to be okay. So I just like went into a shell. She was like, Oh my gosh, that's crazy. You know, like, um, and then when I turned 10, um, I had a, um, checkup and I had a rash, um, on my vagina area and the doctor came in and asked me, you know, had I ever been touched or had someone ever sexually abused me? And that's when I decided to, I was like, you know what, I've been holding this in for so long. Um, you know, I want I want to share. Now there have been other things going on with me that they kind of just ignore. Like I used to pull my teeth out, you know, like little stuff like that where, you know, I was struggling um, from the sexual abuse and, you know, just kind of walk through that whole thing. And nobody ever said anything. They just were like, Oh, Kira's teeth are always falling out. And I was like, well, I'm pulling them out, you know, like, and nobody ever noticed. Um, and so at 13, I, I walked through um, another season of sexual abuse. Um, and before that, I walked through another season of sexual abuse. So it's, it's, I felt like as a teen that I had this thing that said, like, sexually abuse me. Um, and that's really hard. You know, it's really hard to take up space. It's really hard to um, live a full life, especially as a teen, um, when you're walking around with so much weight. Now, um, once I shared my story when I was 10 um, and then the abuse kept happening, I didn't share anymore because I had already, I felt like I had already put my family through so much. And so I just didn't, I didn't share what do you mean by that? Like that you, that you felt that you put your family through some, through so much. Yeah. And, and that's, it was your fault. Mm-hmm. That's another phase too. You know, just like I did, did I, I deserve that. You know, maybe I shouldn't have been, maybe my shorts shouldn't have been so short. Maybe I shouldn't have walked past him the way that I did. So you walk through like these things of it was my fault. Um, maybe I should have, you know, not say hello to him or whatever it may be. Um, and so I did, I, I walked around with a lot of shame um, because one, the daycare that I was a part of was closed down and I found out about it and I was like, oh man, you know, like even through all of the pain that I'd walked through, still having that heart to say, oh man, man, that means somebody won't be able to go to daycare, you know, but so, yeah. Oh, wow. That's a lot. Yeah. So um, how how free do you feel to be able to take ownership of your story and to communicate it? Um, so there's a saying um, in the sexual abuse community where you call yourself in the beginning, you're a victim. Then in the middle, you're a um, survivor. And then like towards the end, you become a thriver. And so I feel like I'm in a thriving stage. I feel like I'm in a spot now where I can sit on this podcast with you and um, I can have open conversations about what it means to be a thriver. 
Um, but then, you know, I'm not going to be one of those people to say that every day is I'm thriving. You know, like I said, um, back to your when you were asking me, like, how can someone support? There are days when, you know, I struggle and it's just me being transparent with my husband about where I'm at on that day or if I need like a mental health day um, or, you know, talking to my therapist and saying, hey, today I, I had a really rough day um, and really owning that and being OK. So, you know, as a thriver, you know, I realized that, you know, my son's story is not my story and that the scars and the, the scars that I have. He doesn't have to bear those Um, one because Jesus paid it for him. And then he he doesn't have to own that. And then two, my life is totally different from his. How I mother is different. You know, um, you know, how I send him around people is very different. Um, And so just being in that space, it feels good, you know, because if you would have asked me 15 years ago, if I would have if I would be the mother that I am today, I'd probably like. I ain't having no kids. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and look at you. I've met your son and he is wonderful. So thank you. Thank you. to you and your husband for your parenting skills. <laughs> it's <right>. not easy. Are you looking for handmade skincare products? Well, if you are, then may I suggest that you try Herbal Glow plant-based skincare? I have personally used the lemon and carrot body butter and I adore it. A little goes a long way and I'm all about getting the most bang for my buck. So if you're interested in Herbal Glow as featured in BuzzFeed, you can check them out at HerbalGlowUS.com. Herbal Glow, you are a noteworthy mention. So what help aids would you recommend to someone who um, is finding their voice or using their voice for the first time and desiring to speak out against what happened to them? How could you get them to the thriving stage? Okay, so number one thing, hands down, is prayer. Um, You know, a lot of times people just take the time to really share. Like they just, they just share their story. They're like, Oh, today I feel I'm just share. It took me two years to put my story out there because one, I wanted to make sure that I was doing it for the glory of God and not for the glory of me, because it's so easy for me to share your story. You feel sorry for me. And then I'm like, Oh, thank you so much. You know, but that's not, that's not why the Lord had me share my story. And I needed to know exactly, okay, God, like, how do you want me to do it? So it took me two years. I talked to my husband about it. I was like, hey, what do you think um, about me sharing my story? He And he was like, yo, like, that's your story. He was like, you share it the way you want to share. You don't, it's not about me. Is this, this, this is not a Terrence show. He says, this is not Terrence's show, you know? And so, so I prayed about it. The second thing that I did was um, I started therapy um, and I found my therapist. So a few resources, well, one resource for sure, um, specifically for black girls is therapy, therapy for black girls.com. So it's a resource where 
all black therapist. Um, and you can find one. I mean, it's, you know, finding a therapist is like, you want to make sure it's like shopping for a car. So you want to make sure everything is good, you know, go look at them, you can meet with them, etc. Um, but I was able to, uh, find my therapist, um, and really be vulnerable with her and be honest. And so first resource prayer, second resource is, um, find a therapist and third resource is make sure you have people around you that support you. Um, after I shared my story, I was exhausted. You know, it was like, I felt like I had given a sermon or something. Like I was, <laughs> I was physically like drained because I got it all out. I wrote it down. I put it on paper. I shared it. And then it was like, it's out. Now let me rest. Mm-hmm. So I I made sure I told my husband, I was like, I just feel so drained. And, you know, he was there for me. It was like, okay, here, like, you know, what do you need? Take a few days, you know. And so just making sure that you have a tribe, a village around you um, so that, you know, as you begin to share your story, you know, you have people who first remind you to pour back into yourself. Um, second point, you well, first point you to the cross, remind you that, um, you can't pour from an empty cup. And then third, to just love you and hug you and let you rest. So that, that, that's my resources. Now, there are a few other platforms uh, that you can tap into, um, especially online, like the Me Too movement. Um, and then there's a, a website called Rain R-A-I-N-N. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the hotline that you can call um, specific, more specifically too. I always give that to young girls that reach out to me um, because they, I, I can only say, oh, I'm praying for you, you know, um, but for like more concrete resources, I always send them to rain because they can kind of connect them with a better, um, you know, just just better resources. Um, and then more immediate things. Um, let's say you walk through sexual abuse and you're escaping your uh, abuser. You know, there are organizations right here in Raleigh, like No Woman, No Girl. Um, or if you're a single mom or if you're single and you're a woman and you just need to get away or like find some, there's an organization here called Bloom Here. Um, and then, of course, there's a plethora of places like the Women's Center. Um and just things like that. So, but more immediate, you know, if you need that assistance, bloom here, no woman, no girl can provide that for you and get you plugged in. That's good. Thank you for um, going through all of those resources. I think the wonderful thing about all of that is that there are places that you can turn to mm-hmm. and that you don't have to carry that burden. You don't have to be silent if you don't want to be, you know, so you, you, we have more options now than what Dinah would have dreamed. Right. Yeah. And I, and, and uh, one last thing I would say is, you know, take your time. You know, if you, if, if you've been, let's say you've been sexually abused and it's been 30 years and you haven't talked to anybody about it, you don't have to do it tomorrow. You know, you don't have to do it next week. Pray about it. Ask the Lord when you want it, when he wants you to share it and be patient with yourself. Cause it's, it's not, you know, it's a process. You know, and just know that there are people here, me, um, you, Sonia, you know, like people who are willing to listen. Yes. Um, that's all you need. So, yeah, that big tribe, tribe of uh, supporters and tribe of resources. Mm-hmm. Uh, you mentioned earlier that you had your group write a letter to Dinah. Um, but if you could talk to Dinah, 
what would you, or even any other woman who's endured any type of sexual trauma, what would you say? Um, I would first tell her um, that right now she may feel like a victim. She may feel uh, hurt. She may feel lost. She may be feel confused. Um, but, you know, we serve a God like who stops the wind and the rain and he moves mountains so he can surely heal you from that and he can surely walk you through that valley. And as you're walking through the valley, it is my hope that you will pick up things like hope and courage mm. and standing in uh, patience with yourself, um, love and kindness. Um, and as you begin to walk through that valley and you have all these beautiful flowers that you would then feel like a survivor. And as you're walking through your surviving mode and you're like, hey, I'm kind of getting the groove of this thing that you will open yourself up to be loved um, for people to walk alongside you. Uh, for people to pour into you, for you to open up the Bible and, you know, see what the Lord says about you, read his promises. And then once you get there, that you will begin to thrive and that you will begin to share your story with others um, and know that through that thriving, that there may be a valley that you may have to go back through to pick up kindness and compassion and love and things like that. But you're still thriving. And that's the beauty of it is that you can walk through all these stages of life. But once you become a thriver, there's absolutely nothing that can stop God's will for your life. So that's what I would tell them. That is a lot um, of great wisdom um, that you have been able to impart um, to Dinah or to anyone else that is in that situation. Um, how can people keep up with you on social media? So um, my Instagram is the, I'm trying to get used to saying the, because I say the, so the dot banana spelled out moon. So the dot banana moon on all things social. Um, so that's um, my Facebook business page, my Instagram and my Twitter. Um, and then uh, my website is www.the.thebananamoon.com. So just spelled out. Um, and then on Facebook, I'm just Kiera Ruth. Um, but I would love to chat more on any of those platforms. So I always tell people all the time, if you have questions about my story specifically or how I have um, begun to become a thriver, feel free to send me a, a message. But if you have other questions that like require like therapists and things like that, I, I do have resources to recommend. That is wonderful. It has been an absolute pleasure to speak with you on today. I feel that anyone that listens to this podcast will be greatly benefited by the resources that you share with the story that you share with the wisdom that you've imparted. Kara, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And thank you so much for uh, shedding light on this. Uh, just so you know, uh, June is PTSD Awareness Month. And so so great so timely um too so all right amen yeah you have been listening to let's talk church a podcast designed for the curious and the convinced 
Join us weekly as we explore and get more comfortable with Christianity. If you haven't done so already, please click subscribe. Also, you're welcome to join us on Instagram at Talk Church. We pray that our God will bless and keep you.